Previously on See You in Another Life, brothers. Hate to interrupt whatever the heck it is you're doing. What are you doing? Alphabetizing. Why are you holding the book like that? Uh, Never mind. Bro, I need your help. Uh, Help with what? You know how they serve that white meat chicken salad with celery at the diner down the street? Oh man, we hate that celery. I know, it's so gross, but I think I figured out a way to get them to stop serving it with celery. No way. That's great. And the best part is, we're going to con them into thinking it's their idea. Perfect. I'm in. What's the first step? All right. So I'm going to need you to mug a woman while she's working in her garden by putting this hood over her head. Say what now? But hear me out, it's got to be this particular hood, because no other hood has this weave. But how is mugging someone going to make the celery go away? You've got to trust me, bro. I'm a master con man, remember? Tiger don't change its stripes. I don't know. Bro, don't overthink this. What do you want right now? All I want is for the celery to go away. Good. Now get out there and mug that woman. Okay, but this better not come back to haunt me in season three. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of See You in Another Life Brothers. My name is Joe and this is my co-host with the mo-host, Andy, if that is your real name. That is that is my real name. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I was a little worried. I was yeah. a little worried you might be a no good dirty con man. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> That's the best I can do. I, I keep trying to make these intros related to the episode somehow, some way. It was good. It, you know, I mean, I, you know, I feel like there are times where when there's an episode about Sawyer, uh, it happened literally when I was watching, rewatching this episode today, where just all of a sudden at some point I'm like, his name is James. And that's yeah. weird. You know, and it's just like, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that's really dumb, but it's just, his name is not Sawyer. And I, it just comes all of a sudden randomly like, that's not his actual name. But yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, I think that we'll get to it. But my favorite, I think my favorite scene in this whole episode is when he and Locke interact in the hatch. And uh, it's like, uh, hey, uh, James. Hey, John. We'll use each other's <laughs> real names. <laughs> it's so easy to get under his skin that way. So. <laughs> yeah but yeah it is weird that his name is james mm-hmm. but uh it'll always be sawyer to us or lafleur we haven't gotten there yet that's up. <laughs> way down in the future or the past there is a thing with names for sorry yeah exactly <laughs> oh yeah are they traveling through time just kidding dude i like that too <laughs> i love that little reference there from hurley too hey eventually we're gonna time travel did they know they were doing that was that a little not at that it's also just funny because it's like you know or any time i'm just kidding as if to say like you know 
like oh is this a little mystery here oh we wouldn't do that and then no. they do <laughs> you know we'd never do time travel mm. <laughs> yeah good old early i love early he is the the thing that keeps you sane in this episode We'll talk about that later. But, oh, uh, yes. Oh, yes. Because this episode, I, I was looking forward to getting here. This is one of the episodes that whenever I think about my favorite episodes of Lost, I always like, I'm like thinking about it, like, oh, wait, the long con. The long con is sort of a, it stands alone mm-hmm. amidst a lot of Lost episodes as kind of like, cra- it's a crazy episode because it's a, it's a mystery. Yeah. You know, it's it's sort of genre hopping a little bit here because, you know, it, and it's fun and it's but it's horrible yeah. at the same time because what Sawyer's doing to these people is just sick, but it's but you're having fun because it's Sawyer. It's just it's a it's a whirlwind this episode. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, I was thinking about it watching this episode. And I've never had this thought before, but this is like the the better version of what expose was trying to be oh yeah you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like that episode i remember the first time when we watched it when it was airing it was like oh this is this is kind of fun they're kind of doing something as a standalone like a mystery you know what's going on here and then by the end it's like what was that (laughs) you know (laughs) and um but this one does it and really succeeds uh and is still still has a really dark twist by the end too you know it's like this is what expose was reaching for but didn't quite get you know um yeah yeah you know when i was saying this one kind of stands alone i did think about i i did i had a moment where i was thinking oh yeah expose too but i wasn't going to say it because i wasn't going to acknowledge the existence of that episode <laughs> but then you had to go acknowledge it so now here we are. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. we made it through fire plus water. So now we have to start anticipating expose, you know, as mm-hmm. the next dreaded episode. <laughs> yeah. And it is funny because expose does, it's like part two of this, that the loop that we start here with Charlie and Sawyer, because that's where it's finally wow. addressed again. So oh, kind interesting. of a link there. Yeah. But, um, let's not talk about expose. <laughs> no more. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do that episode. I mean, we made it through fire plus water, but um, that might be our quickest episode. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're just like, remember that scene? I remember it. All right, moving on. Oh, yeah. There were some spiders and uh, Leslie Arst. And, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know how I'll get through the spiders, but. Yeah. Anyway, the long con. Yes. This. um I think we need to jump in and just analyze. This is going to be fun to kind of just look at how just how intricate this is, what they mm-hmm. did with it's sort of like you look at it like pieces on a chessboard sort of in your you, just how Sawyer kind of plays everyone. But I, what I love about it before we jump in the, this long con that he's setting about to do with these people. I like how it's almost it. it we're we're looking at it from the outside at times and we're at like there's certain points in it where you're like this seems like a little like they they didn't kind of like kate didn't catch on that this is he's trying to play her and things like that Mm -hmm. but i think that's perfect because every like 
as Sawyer puts it, they're all sort of emotionally involved, too emotionally involved to kind of see rationally. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're looking at here. It's uh, it, Sawyer is playing on people, how much people care. And that's part of what's so insidious about what he's doing here. Because he's standing off cool at a distance while a lot of horrible things are happening. Uh-huh. And he's kind of smirking at it while everyone else can't see it because they're too, they care too much. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is wild to me watching the episode now. Um, and I really, I don't remember the first time seeing this episode. I wish, this is definitely one of those you wish you could forget uh, so that you could experience again for the first yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, as as with any like good movie with a twist or or show with a twist at the end, but it it is, it, and this happens with anything of that genre where there's kind of a shocking you know turnaround by the end. But it feels so obvious mm-hmm. that he is playing everyone, and it's like how does no one see it? You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I just. I, it's like, I love and, and don't like that because it's like, I, I wish, I wish it wasn't so obvious, but then, you know, it, it just plays into, um, how good of a con man he is because he just, like you were describing it, like everyone is kind of a, in like this tornado of, you know, emotions and accusations and worrying about what is happening in the camp mm-hmm. and Sawyer is just so cool the whole time like he is so just not bothered by anything and it feels like he's just walking through this chaos and then just walks right towards the guns and takes them and no one notices you know yeah. um and it yeah it's just it's a really interesting to watch episode to watch just knowing what he's doing it it feels so clear in every scene <laughs> mhm yeah and i like how you know even with without sawyer we're sort of seeing the the red flags in the episode mm. as it starts with this scene with jack and Locke. i think we need to start here yeah um just the red flags throughout this conversation that I, I yeah you get hook you hook on again and again like the the line that Locke says to jack jack i'm grateful you decided to keep them all in one place like uh-huh. John, are you listening to yourself here? Isn't this the, <laughs> the definition of putting all your eggs in one basket? Isn't that foolish? Um, you know, it's one of those where you go, hmm, that's a little uh, little bit of a red flag. And, um, you know, and then, of course, just this, this rift between the two of them forming where, um, you know, Jack asks for the combo and, as you know, Locke doesn't give it to him right away. Like... Locke understands there's not trust between the two of them. And mm-hmm. uh, just that you're trying to build, these two guys are trying to lead this group, and they just don't trust each other. That's never, never going to work. So they're setting those things in, those dominoes up, if you will. And we're mm-hmm. like, okay, this doesn't feel good where we're at here right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and it's interesting because it's like, like you said, yeah, it seems a little, little iffy to put 
put all of the guns and ammo in one spot, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, it is a locked room and all that stuff, you know, it's like, okay. Um, but it's, it's interesting how they hadn't, we get to witness the awkward moment of, okay, so we're going to trust each other to both have access to this room. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, on the surface, it feels like, okay, well, we should agree if we're going to open this door, you know, we, we both need to consult each other before we do it, you know? Um, and that feels like maybe a good decision, but it, it is tinted all over by, you know, because we don't trust each other, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we want to make sure that the other person doesn't go rogue at some point. Um, yeah, so there, there's all sorts of things being, you know, kind of left unsaid, but they both know, you know, that they don't trust each other fully at this point. Mm -hmm. And there's also the bigger question of, should these two be in charge? Like, yeah. you know, you, you don't really question it necessarily. For, it's Jack and Locke, yeah, these are, you know, these two guys are two of the main characters, they're in charge. But, um, you know, as that's what Sawyer's job is in this episode is sort of like, yeah. you guys put these two in charge as he points out at the end. It's like, they, they, they don't, they don't seem very smart. Necessarily. <laughs> He's as dumb as you are. Um, and it also, you know, I, another, you know, minor theme in this episode about just the kind of the question of, you know, they've sort of set up almost a, a system where, as Jack puts it, the medicine belongs to all of us. All these mm. things belong to all of us. Um, that's why Locke says you should probably put the medicine in here, too, because there's a guy who guy out there who is hoarding um, mm -hmm. <laughs> this this rogue over here. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, it, Sawyer's obsession with holding onto this stuff this is my stuff it's an interesting thing to quite kind of question like okay is he kind of right in a way because he did he, he possesses sorts of things but at the same time they're all you know they're all in this together and it's sort of childish the way he's doing this mm -hmm. i don't know what you if you had any thoughts on that as you're well, kind of questioning it yeah, I mean, the whole thing is kind of who gets to decide what is right yeah. when we're all creating our own society almost, you know? I mean, like, the, those are the questions that, like, if you take away all of the um, sci-fi, all of the mystery of, like, there are other people on this island and all of that stuff, if if Lost was just a drama about people on an island, that would be the question that preoccupies the whole series. I think, you know, how do you, yeah, who gets to be in charge, who gets to decide, you know, like Lord of the Flies type stuff, you know? And in this episode, they've all kind of accepted that these two guys get to decide where the guns are, where the medicine, you know, should be, you know, Jack feels like it's his right to just go into someone's camp and take it mm -hmm. and Sawyer basically <laughs> his whole thing um not his whole thing but um he kind of uh, shapes what he is doing in this episode as being just kicking that all down and questioning it you know and mm -hmm. saying who 
who decided this, you know, cause I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can question uh, like, like Kate questions at the end is, are his motives about, you know, getting his stuff back? I don't mm-hmm. think they are. It's mm-hmm. obviously, he doesn't like, he doesn't care about shaving cream and medicine, etc. Uh, right. The guns is what he's after. And I think beyond that, that's sort of a, you know, it's a, it's almost like a respect thing in Sawyer's mm-hmm. end where he's like, I want you to, to almost fear me or as Kate questions, hate me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but um he sure as heck is good at it. That's for sure. As we keep going here, <laughs> <laughs> making people hate him because I love the moment, like just kind of uh, they toss it in there and then they make you forget about it where Sawyer is, you know, coming out of the ocean and egging on Charlie. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, this is this, they did well, you know, you can kind of see Sawyer as playing people throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can forget about Charlie so easily. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you'll go watch this episode and you'll, you'll be like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Charlie's the one who mm-hmm. helps him find the guns. Um, but he puts it in motion perfectly by just reminding Charlie again and again, like, remember what just happened to you, kid? You remember what just happened? You got punched in the face by Gandhi. I like that nickname. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. So it, it, I like how they set it up and you forget about it and they bring it back at the end. Very, very, you know, cleverly. Mm-hmm. And it, it's perfect too, because it's kind of, you know, Sawyer is saying like, welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the neighborhood or whatever, you know, like, you know, we're on the outskirts now and it's, it's the perfect foreshadowing of, charlie revealed in this episode as as the villain behind you know the scheme because you know ultimately sawyer's the one who orchestrates it but he couldn't have done it without someone else and he picked charlie because charlie is freshly like now the villain of of the crew basically because Mm -hmm. of what has just happened um and it yeah it sets up perfectly if Sawyer needed someone to be his accomplice, who could he ask who has like no ground to lose at this point? You know, who, who is the lowest of the low in this group at this point? Mm-hmm. Yep. He takes po- full advantage of where Charlie's at. I almost look at it as, you know, Charlie wants to be the hero. That's kind of his whole thing throughout mm-hmm. the series. And, you know, it's been, the rug's been taken out from under him. He doesn't, he can't be the hero now. So what's he going to be? Yeah. Villain. Um, and uh, Sawyer's there to, yes, my young apprentice, basically, <laughs> um, do that to him. So we got that moment, and then we got the moment with Jack where um, I think the only thing I wanted to say about this with the two of them is the line at the end where Jack says, You threatening me? Kind of mm-hmm. like, I, I like because that because none of them really understand who they're dealing with still in Sawyer. We've seen him be a sh- just a horrible guy with like the inhalers back in season one with Shannon and, and different things like that. But I don't think they've ever really experienced 
his skill, what he does, as Cassidy puts it. What show me what you do. <laughs> Jack doesn't understand what he's dealing with here. He's like, what can you do? I you know, I have the guns, I have the pills. He doesn't understand. So I like that the irony there of like he walks away. Jack's in full control. Or so he thinks. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like Jack is like, Do you know who you're messing with? I run this place, you know. <laughs> and yeah, he has no idea what he has just like that he's just poked the bear, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the the shot with Sawyer. There's a lot of great shots of Sawyer. Just close-ups on Holloway in this episode, where they mm-hmm. do, you know, here and there, and you can just—it's it just a it showcases how good an actor he is because he perfectly sort of makes those looks, and he's just the yeah. fierce, like predator look on his face right there. You're like, okay, he's he's ready to go. That's you can tell. Well, I think he'd already hatched the plan because he's egging on Charlie there, but mm-hmm. I think he's like, okay, this is it. I'm gonna do it now, full on. I feel like that's when he decided Long Kong time. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, part of me wonders if Sawyer, like the way his brain works, if he had almost been kind of thinking in the back of his mind, you know, if I wanted to mess things up, I bet Mm. I could do it this way. You know, like, I feel like he's always seeing an opportunity you know and he talks about in the flashback you know people are afraid of missing an opportunity yes i feel like sawyer is always looking for where can i manipulate or where can i you know uh uh exploit maybe you know people um to get what i want and i feel like he's always got maybe some possibilities in his mind and when jack does this then he's like all right it's coming together now and it, like he's just ready to go and and it doesn't he's so skilled it doesn't really take any scheming at all he's already got the pieces in his mind and he just has to kind of mm-hmm. set charlie in motion basically yep absolutely he's playing chess while we're all playing checkers over <laughs> yep um and it, it it i love how this episode goes because right after that in in on the island we get him and this is the most devastating aspect of this episode, I think, is his use of Kate. Um, mm. Because it, it obviously parallels. He loved Cassidy in mm-hmm. the flashback. And he said that he loves Kate. Um, albeit when he was half awake in a, you know. Uh, sure. But still. I think we know. Um, but he's still willing to use her. Um to get what he wants. Um, and it's not even that hard is the thing because we get the scene where Locke walks by and uh, basically all he has to do is just say, you know what? There's a sensitive man. He has uh-huh. needs bringing up the idea of companionship, you know, bringing that indicates mind. And then, and Kate, you know, kind of disgusted with him. Well, not everyone's like you, Sawyer, you know. And then the the turn right here. Mm-hmm. I love how just, it, it's it's not even a, a, a clever, a skillful transition. It doesn't really follow almost. Where 
he's just like, not everyone's like you, Sawyer. And then he's like, I guess that's why Analu- oh, Jacko and Analulu didn't want me to join their revolution. Uh-huh. Which, I, you know, to me, that doesn't follow. It's like, but he's he's bringing it up because I just brought up companionship. Now I bring up Jack. She's mm-hmm. emotional at this point. She's not thinking, ra- she doesn't question how he got from that point A to point B. All mm-hmm. she's thinking about now is the fact that Jack is with Anna Lucia and having doing stuff without her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, and then his, I guess I'm not the only one on the outs with the doc. And now he's got her in his yeah. clutches. So cl- it's, it's not, it's not clever, but it, it works. In a way. <laughs> I, I feel like it's, it's a testament to the writing. Uh, but it, more than that, almost a testament to um, Josh Holloway's Holloway's acting in mm-hmm. that I never noticed that those points don't really connect. You know, he has to really stretch to yes. connect those dots um, because all I ever think in this scene is, man, he so efficiently gets exactly to the point he wants to make. Yes. You know, and... I never really thought about the fact that it doesn't really logically make sense. Um, but I feel like that makes it even better. The idea that it, like me as the viewer, I've watched this episode so many times and I never thought about that. To me, it was just, oh, he got exactly where he wanted her to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, that's just genius, you know? And I, I feel like his charisma almost helps to get there. Like, his confidence of just, oh, and now we're talking about Jack and Anna Lucia. Mm-hmm. And Kate is upset about that, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. He can get where he wants to go just by pure charisma, like you're saying. So it yeah, doesn't even have to, you know, it's like, oh, now we're talking about Jack. Yep. And you're upset. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Um, so that's that. He's got that domino in place now. So we're seeing Jack and Locke. They're already kind of down. They're so precariously placed that it's clear that they can tip at any time. Mm-hmm. Kate's now become a domino. And now we see the other domino come into place with Anna Lucia. And we realize, Jack, you, you're a little bit of a schnook here, aren't you? You're a little <laughs> bit of a, you're a devious little guy, huh? <laughs> he got the combo because he wants it for the army. He he didn't get it because I, you know, you realize that Jack is fully willing to go behind Locke's back here, and mm-hmm. you know he doesn't tell Anna the combo because I he still quite doesn't quite trust her. But he's got a whole scheme over here that he hasn't told Locke about, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's devious. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like instead of, I mean, really it is, you know, it, he, he gave Locke access to some more guns, but he also gave himself access to more guns. You know, it, it made it so mm-hmm. that they both uh, had access to all the guns, but at least he still has access. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I do love in this scene like this scene is really perfect for the structure of the episode because it, 
it really is a good red herring sort of setup for Anna Lucia, uh-huh. especially with the line, you know, like, that's what I love about you people. You know, you guys aren't yeah, scared yeah. enough. It's, it's, it's honestly like perfect for the episode for us as the viewer. Um, like that's the, the one hint we get right at the beginning that, Oh wait, maybe when this happens later, maybe Kate is actually onto something suspecting Anna Lucia, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all, that's all they needed to do to kind of plant that seed. Um, and to at least still have Jack be not fully trusting her to give her the combination. <laughs> yeah. And you put it right. This scene comes right before son gets mugged and you're like, mm-hmm. so it's perfect. Yeah. It's a, it's a great tipping point where here's the final domino it's Anna Lucia mm-hmm. and what I like to think about is you know you think about reading between the lines about how Sawyer all the the situations and everything coming into place like mm-hmm. he found out that oh okay Jack wants to start an army with Anna Lucia now um and she's very you know paranoid about the others he knows that from all the time he spent with her. Right. Um, and um, it's uh, so, so now he's like, okay, that's it. I make it look like the others. She's going to think it's the others. And then Kate, I get Kate to suspect. So the dominoes are in place basically now mm-hmm. that we have that final one. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, yeah, I hadn't even really thought about the fact that like Sawyer knows how much Anna Lucia would be afraid of the possible threat of the others coming back, you know, like more so than everyone else at our camp, you know, like the, the main camp. Um, He's seen what the others have done to them, you know, and how personally Anna Lucia takes that Yeah, and how, you know, she would then motivate Jack to want to get the guns and all that stuff. And, yeah oh my gosh (laughs) that i mean he set it up so perfectly because you got that Mm -hmm. and then you got the fact that they chose son yeah which is i mean one she's always out in her garden so she's away from each other it's an obvious target but jim i mean if you're going to get some get them motivated to take action it's got to be someone who someone deeply cares about and Mm -hmm. that's i mean New Jin would be gun and so it's yeah it's genius when you think mm-hmm. about the the pieces and it you know it's like if you think about you know he needs to get someone who is would be motivated you know as as a loved one and everything like it's it's either you know um Jin and son or like Rose and Bernard or someone else you know mm-hmm. and I think probably the added stress of the fact that Jin can't communicate with everyone that like heightens the emotion, especially in the scene where he's where son wakes up and, and they're trying to communicate and all that stuff. It's even more emotional and stressful because they can't fully, he can't fully communicate with everyone else. (laughs) Cause you can't talk him down. Yeah, that's exactly. You can't talk him down. Only son could talk him down, but son is, disoriented yeah it's so genius it's like it's genius and it's so cold (laughs) 
Yeah. It's so dark. I mean, I think about it. it that's the most, the, the just the, the part of this episode that you like, ooh. When you see Jin afterwards when Sun's laying there and, you know, just the mm-hmm. look, the concern on his face, and you realize, oh my gosh, he's not just toying with people's, you know, uh, emotions. He's toying with love. And I think that's that's the theme in this episode that I've noticed more and more as I've watched each time, the theme of love and hate mm. um, throughout this episode. I'm seeing it more and more each time. Like love is, is what's making people throwing people into a tizzy, especially with Jin. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the question about Sawyer, does he really want people to hate him? And so it, it, it sets up this dynamic here that we'll continue to explore as we go through the episode. But the man is using love to get what he wants is just, that's a, that's a crime right there. Yeah. Yeah. So poor son, I will say that this, uh, the scene where she gets um, taken is uh, every time I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Oh, it's, Oh, okay. It's just Vincent. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, it's just rain. Oh, they're not going to do it this time. They're not gonna... Oh, they did it. <laughs> you, dang it, you lost. Come on. Toying with my emotions, just like Sawyer. Every every time we go through that emotional roller coaster of, oh, wait, it's Vincent. Oh, I'm happy now. <laughs> I never learn. <laughs> like, oh, okay. It's fine. It's rain. It's just rain. actually every time uh, i have the opposite every time i freak out when vincent comes on screen and when the rain comes i mean you know it's just the worst but Mm -hmm. it's vincent by the way who's taking care of vincent yeah is he just kind of the community dog just runs around shannon was and and then michael so, yeah, I think he's the community dog at this point. Hope someone's feeding him. I think uh, uh, the man in black is just feeding Vincent at this point, you know, just uh, out there in the woods. Uh, <laughs> probably. Trying yeah. to convince him to uh, kill Jacob and uh, <laughs> maybe I can get the dog to do it. <laughs> no, Good Jacob's luck. probably feeding Vincent. That's probably it. But yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But anywho, so Sun's been mugged. Uh-oh, what's going to happen next? I hope nothing horrible, but I guess we're going to have to find out. I think it's about time to take a break is what I'm trying to say. I'm going yeah. that way. So we'll take a break, and we'll be back with more See You in Another Life Brothers after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life Brothers. Um, and when we left... Son was, uh, let's just say, in a rather awkward situation. Um, uh, <laughs> to put it lightly, <laughs> Charlie, did, did you did you really have to? You know, I mean, couldn't you just? Uh, I guess there's no other way to do that. There's no other way to fake uh, others' attack. I mean, just... can you imagine though, like? 
I mean, it's it's horrible. Like what what Charlie does, this is like his lowest yes, point in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, but can you imagine if if he hadn't been successful and like Sun like ripped off the mask and like saw him? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> he's a goner. I know. At that point, I mean, you know, like what does he do? Full on banished. I mean, he's already kind of banished, but now he's yeah. I don't know. He's. I mean, he is, he's walking a tightrope here, you know? I mean, it like, in, in one respect, it's like he doesn't have much to lose, but also there's still a, a lot he could lose, you know, being completely banished. But It's a very, very risky thing to do, but that's the point he's at, where he's just like, I hate John Locke that much. That's insane. That, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So... Um, Sawyer and Kate, of course, are the ones who find her because somehow they can hear her from the beach. That's one of the things about the sh- <laughs> Lost When I Overs. Whenever they hear people from the beach, I'm like, wait, how far away is her um, garden? Yeah. And We're never clear on the geography, but anyway. So they find her, they bring her back, the chaos ensues. Um, and then... I want to talk about the scene after that where mm-hmm. we have this conversation between the huddle of the only five characters who are important or six, you know, this is yeah. the important characters huddle. Everyone else, you know, you guys can't, you're not involved on this. It's only us. Okay. It's Jack Locke. Why did they, why did they let Sawyer and Kate, because Sawyer and Kate found her, so that, that works. And then Anna Lucia. So the only, the only and, important characters. And a lot of times Hurley is for some reason there, but I guess in this episode he's not. It did seem weird that they reason. didn't, yeah, include Hurley. I mean, you would think, yeah. just bring him in. Um, Maybe he was in the hatch, you know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe he was, or Saeed. Why isn't Saeed ever involved in this stuff anymore? Yeah. I guess he's depressed, but. He won't know. be by the end. He's doing his own thing. He, he's getting out of it. But that's all. That's, that's another true. story. Um, anyway, so this conversation, I love. I just There's two moments that just mm-hmm. get me. And probably you noticed them too. Where, um, so we have Locke saying, we don't even know what happened. Like, and this is mm-hmm. it, the same thing over and over again with Jack and Locke. So, I mean... I think Sawyer kind of learned this pattern from being with them in the hunting party. Like Locke mm-hmm. says, I think we should think about it for a little while. And Jack's like, who needs to think basically? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we got here again. <laughs> I got to move. Yeah. Do we need to know? Um, and then they cut to Sawyer. And I love just the sly look on his face where he's just seeing it's just everything's clicking. Like there's that there's yeah. that domino, like the jack domino and the lock domino, and it's just so ready to tip him because they're right next to each other, and he just the sly look. He's like, uh huh, knew that would happen, and then mm-hmm. Anna says we should go look with guns, and Locke says no, no guns, and then we, we once again we get him kind of looking over at Locke with the sly grin, and it's like, oh, this is too easy. I mean, this yeah. is. Come on, <laughs> basically what we see here with Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, I do see a level of like 
you know, I was kind of saying before, like it, it's almost upsetting how obvious it feels, mm-hmm. you know, that that Sawyer is behind it all. But there is also a level at which um, I'm sure, you know, for the first time viewer, that Sawyer's looks are interpreted as him just being so such a good con man. He's able to recognize the con that Anna Lucia is pulling, you know, oh, yeah. Um, the idea of like, he's, he's recognizing like, oh, the dominoes are falling right into place for what she Mm -hmm. is doing. And I see right through it, you know? Um, so his, his expression could almost be interpreted as, um, like he is smarter than she thinks he is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of a, I don't know. It's just kind of a fun aspect of you know before the reveal comes <laughs> yeah because you i like your the way you look at it it's like you could see this you could conceivably you know interpret this episode as sort of sawyer is the detective right he's the he's right the, I, almost like he's the mentalist to quote another show but he's he's like he's yeah. seeing everything and at the end he's going to come out and say i know who the real uh, uh mugger is basically and instead he comes out of the jungle and says it was me so yeah <laughs> yeah so that's you could look at it that way that's yeah mm-hmm. so that works um but yeah so we, we see it all kind of coming together here and then we get this other part which is another moment where you go Oh, come on, Kate. Really? Where he brings her out and he, you know, he's like, this hood. Oh, look, this hood out here that we found that I convinced you to come out here. Oh, look, I we found it. Oh, look, it, it it's it's he, he it's the different weave. How could Sawyer remember the the weave of the hood that was on Kate's head? That's the part yeah. I always <laughs> but he's that there's that there's him saying you couldn't get away the you versus son in the hot oil death match um when he's on yushida where it's like he's he these things aren't necessarily the most it's i like it because he's not like a mastermind like a a super slick con man that's the thing they do well with sawyer where he's not like like um He's rough around the edges. He's sort of the, yeah. the, if you will, the white trash or the southern con man where mm-hmm. he does things a little rough, but they're effective. It's not like it's, I think about like the movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels um, mm-hmm. with Michael Caine and, and Steve Martin and where Michael Caine does in that movie, he does everything so slick um, and his cons are, are very sophisticated and then he's looking over at Steve Martin and Steve Martin's doing like these, these hokey like cons that uh, is like, Oh, that's so amateur, but they're effective. <laughs> and I look at that as this is Sawyer. He's, he's effective is the thing at the end of the day. Right. And he's effective because he's doing what, what you, what you mentioned from the flashback uh, where he, he says, that's an important line where he says to Cassidy opportunity, everyone's, Mm-hmm. they don't want to miss an opportunity and he's playing on kate's she she doesn't want to miss 
what might be happening here. And if, and he's, and she's emotionally involved and she's emotion, especially emotional about Anna Lucia. So mm-hmm. Anna Lucia might be the murderer. Oh, maybe Anna Lucia is the murderer, even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, there's a lot in this scene that is like, um, rough around the edges, but he knows that she will be emotional enough at this point, you know, I mean, like, son just got, you know, a hood pulled yeah. over her head, like, that's terrifying, like, you know, um, he knows that she'll mainly be thinking, you know, well, if it's not the others, who could it be, you know, and, and the kind of terrifying nature of that. But yeah, I, I, the, the, the different weave of the hood is one thing that bothers me about that, <laughs> but also the thing I hadn't thought of until this viewing was Sawyer, the others could own more than one hood. (laughs) They could have one that is also a different color and weave. Yeah. Like, (laughs) they're not all going to be brown in that specific pattern or whatever, you know, but... (laughs) Um. But that aside, there is one part of this scene that I really loved um, that I hadn't thought about before, which was um, that line where he echoes from the flashback where he says it's all in the details, details. which if you're really like paying attention to the episode um, and how he used that in the flashback in the flashback, he's saying, you know, people it, like she's saying it's obvious that those are fake yeah. um and he says but they're not going to be looking at that they're going to be looking at the price tag it's all in the details mm-hmm. he knows what people will be looking for and so when he says to kate it's all in the details i feel like that i mean again it could be interpreted as he's uncovering the con mm-hmm. you know that anna lucia is doing but i feel like in you know when you repeat viewings that's just a clear line for the audience where he's saying it's all in the details and he's telling her to look at the wrong details. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's conning her in the same way he knew that the guys at the gas station yes. would just look at the numbers and do the math in their head. Um, and I love that line because it's like he's he's flat out telling her what he's doing. He's telling her what details to pay attention to, but she can't notice it because she has, she would never imagine that he would be behind something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm glad you made that. I was thinking that it's like the details don't really matter in a con when you understand Mm -hmm. what people really want. Um, Mm. And he knows what Kate wants. Kate wants Jack. So he can Mm -hmm. give her the most bogus details in the world. And she's going to say, oh, yeah, if that means that she can get to Jack and she can question Mm -hmm. Anna Lucia with Jack. So I'm going (laughs) to it's not even hard. That's what I keep coming back to throughout this. You're like, oh, this is like candy from a baby, basically, for Sawyer. 
he doesn't have to work yeah. too hard at this because he's he's lived with these people long enough to understand what they want. And that's key. Yep. So um, after this bogus hood thing, Kate's like, well, I got to go talk to Jack. Um, and so, yeah, th- 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 this this scene between the two of them, um, I f- it's once again, an awkward scene between Kate and Jack after everything that's, it all started with that, <laughs> uh, uh, what Kate did, crazy jungle kiss scene. And it, it's just uh-huh. snowballed from there. But the two of them sort of like, hey, uh, <laughs> but she does get to him. That's the thing too. That's the thing. Cause Jack, re- I think he understands he has confided, confided in someone who's a little bit, um, unstable perhaps. And, uh, mm-hmm. or he's like, she might actually do that. She, I, I mean, I only had a conversation with her in an airport and then I've had another drink with her. <laughs> That's about it. So <laughs> step one, have a drink with her in the airport. Step two, find her after she accidentally murdered someone that I care about. <laughs> Step three, you want to form an army hey. with me? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, okay. That's burnt out Jack right it's there. It's the natural progression. Boy meets girl in an airport. Boy starts. <laughs> <laughs> Boy and girl start army. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it, and so going back to my metaphor about dominoes, here it is. He's finally, he set everything in motion. He hits Kate's domino. Kate's domino hits Jack's domino. Jack Jack's domino then, we move on to him and Anna Lucia mm-hmm. and questioning her. And I don't know if I picked up on this before. This is one of those that the, the A to B to C um, that I really, that hit me this time through when you see that um, Jack says, where were you this morning? And then Anna yeah. says, now, where would, where would you get an idea like that, that I would do this? And immediately in her head, she's like, Kate. And that's why mm. she looks at Kate when they're, I never got that oh, before, but that's why that's she cool. gives Kate the look. So that Kate, uh, so Jack's domino hits Anna Lucia's domino and then Anna Lucia's domino comes, it's a circle. It hits Kate's domino because Anna looks at Kate thinking that Kate, you know, accurately thinking that Kate got her to think about that. But Kate then interprets that look completely differently where it's like, Mm. oh, she's going after the guns. And so it's a brilliant sort of A to B to C to D that, I mean, if Sawyer's just a master at figuring all this out, you can question it like it's always like that super villain plan thing how could they know that all this would work exactly right but i think it's pretty clever how it all works yeah. out here and i mean like it, it works out perfectly but there is also an element of you know like even if it didn't work out you know where this person does exactly goes exactly to this person and whatnot you know he rough around the edges once again like i think there is probably part of sawyer's plan where um there are some 
some areas where if people don't go to exactly yeah. the right person, he also is just stirring up chaos to the point where Jack will go for the guns mm-hmm. and he can get Locke to move them. You know, sure. like, um, but I mean, he is very calculated and it does work out that the right people still, the right dominoes still fall where they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But One thing you, you do wonder about, how did, at the end, Kate says, you knew that I would go to Jack and that I would have you go to Locke. How did how did Sawyer know that she and why did Kate have Sawyer go to Locke? It's not necessarily declares, but it has to work that way for the episode. So there is things mm-hmm. like that where you're like, I don't quite understand it, but it makes for you know it makes it more entertaining to have Sawyer be the one to go down and do all this. Kate could have done it herself probably, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I wonder. Yeah, it's that is one of those things where I've always been a little bit like, what am I missing about like why does why does Kate make Sawyer do it? You know? Uh, and I don't know if it's maybe like she wants to keep an eye yeah. on <laughs> Jack and Anna. I don't know. You know, she doesn't trust Sawyer to stay back and just keep an eye on them while she does it. Could be. Um, yeah. But yeah. But regardless, um, it works. And... Although I do want to say before we go on, I just want to point out, I forgot to point this out in the Anna Lucia Jack scene. Um, mm. Anna for, commits the uh, unforgivable sin of mistaking Steve for Scott. Um, we haven't talked about Scott and Steve for a while. What the heck? And how, how does she get his name wrong? If, if she's never met... He's been dead. It's one of those things where, like, <laughs> like are, are we to believe that enough people still call... Wait, so it's uh, Scott? So Scott is the one who's dead, she, right? Yeah, she, Steve she is says alive. it's Scott, but Jack says, no, Steve, Scott's dead. Uh. So does she... Do enough people just still call him Scott? To where she thinks he is Scott? I think so. I think that has to be it, right? Because because otherwise it's like, does he just look like a Scott? And what must life be like for Steve when he's been dead for like weeks now and people are still (laughs) mistaking him for the dead guy? (sighs) Poor poor Steve. And rest in peace, Scott. Man, I think we have a moment of silence for Scott again. Yeah. And that's good enough. Um, yeah. Man, Steve will never make it to one of those uh, inner circle beach huddles. You know, he's <laughs> not, he's got no hope of that. Not important enough. But he's important to <laughs> us. So that's all that matters. Yeah. Anywho, I need to talk about my favorite scene in this episode. My favorite moment in this episode. My favorite moment, perhaps, of season two. Of the entire <laughs> stinking. This is... This might be the pencil moment of for Locke of this season is, two. This has to be. I don't think there's anything else that can... <laughs> but I just love the line. I hate to interrupt whatever the hell it is you're doing. <laughs> 
And Locke takes no offense. He just continues. He's holding this book upside down. <laughs> Alphabetizing books in the hatch. Oh. Okay. But I I've always been I've always been baffled by this moment. And I've always been like, okay, is this just supposed to be weird? But uh, because he says I'm alphabetizing, and then he tosses a book onto a pile of books. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's a there's a table full of just scattered books. Mm-hmm. He's am I am I wrong? He's looking for more like hidden films, right? Like that's gotta be what he's doing. Yeah. That's the only thing I can imagine. Yeah, I right? think that's I think you're right. And it does bring, I mean, this, this moment is hilarious, but it also does bring up a good point that Sawyer brings up where he's like, oh yeah, everything's going crazy out there. And you decided to start the Dewey Decimal System, basically like, Locke, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing down here. Look at all this. It's, it's that theme throughout the whole season that we're coming back to now. And we're really going to start coming back to in the next few episodes. Like this hatch is a waste of time. John Locke Mm. it's it's a complete red herring and it's a it's Mm -hmm. destroying him it's eating away at him you can tell because he's down there alone alphabetizing books he was an adventurer Mm. he was on his walkabout now he's alphabetizing books thinking there's me not not even he's he's looking for film but he's he's trying to find meaning in a dead end basically so Sawyer has a point yeah, he's just he's just hoping he finds yeah, another spark of meaning somewhere in one of those books, you know, and um yeah, well, and it's it's interesting too that he's like down in the hatch by himself. Yeah. You know, which like didn't he originally say like the goal was that there would be mm-hmm. like a couple Two people, teams, yeah. you know, doing shifts which kind of shows that you know, they haven't been very successful. Mm. Locke hasn't been successful in inspiring people to like pitch in and help with the hatch. You know, he's by himself in the hatch at this point, um, which is already kind of a hopeless spot. Um, And so it's perfect then for Sawyer to come in and exploit it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He's the dominoes are set up perfectly for him. (laughs) I, I like your point there that uh, I feel like they do subtly do that. The writers throughout, you know, season two where Locke is more and more just he it's, it's a, it's a one person job eventually. Yeah. Where it's him. I mean, and uh, no one else. I mean, you think about the rest of the survivors. Oh, it's great. We get to stay in this hatch, but the alarm beats beeps every, you know, 108 minutes. And this mm-hmm. seems stupid. And, you know, the beach is, you know it's fine so you can see where people would <laughs> right would tire of it pretty quickly but not lock yeah so sawyer um once again uh i just playing lock like a fiddle here um what i like especially about it is that sawyer suggests changing the combination and then just starts walking away knowing full well yep. that Locke is not going to, he's going to move the guns. It's like, it, it's convincing them, like, this is a long con. You make people think it's their idea, but it's your idea. And uh, he does that 
bait and switch very well there. Um, mm-hmm. He also gives another uh, nickname we should mention: Tokyo Rose to Sun. So it's a, we got we got to <laughs> document these. There's a ton in this episode, by the way. That uh, if you if we want to come back, best nickname at the end of the season. Here we go. There's oh one. yeah, revisit. Yeah, but he plays Locke like a fiddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I love how that is one part of this episode that I do always uh, love that um, like the, the gap between this scene and the next one uh, or uh, this scene. And when it's revealed that Sawyer has the guns, Sawyer's like, so where are you going to put them? Mm. You know? And Locke is like, you know, he, he doesn't want to say, and he's like, okay, fine. You don't want to trust me and everything. And he's like, but I need you to stay in the hatch and it it feels like you know well okay so if sawyer was gonna do this his plan is foiled at this point right he doesn't have any chance to find the guns if he has to stay in the hatch but that that's like to me the most brilliant part of this episode that he has someone else helping Mm -hmm. him um it's just really really clever Mm -hmm. it's making me think of another michael Caine movie um the dark knight in their desperation they turn into someone so they turn to someone they didn't fully understand <laughs> he's the joker basically where he's it's like and that the, the lock i think the point that lock like we're making is lock is alone and so his only confidant here is the devil basically yeah so once again another red flag for lock you have to trust sawyer now sawyer's your wow um yep so yeah and then we get sawyer (laughs) afterwards you know getting high score in donkey kong Uh, what i love about that moment is sawyer waking up to the beeping what does sawyer think of this computer and this hatch you know you think about certain character perspectives on it we don't really get him, I think Sawyer probably under sees this hatch as a tool of manipulation, like a tool of like, mm. oh man, this is the greatest con in the world. You get people to stay down here thinking they're saving the world. Um, press a button every 108 minutes. Uh, so yeah, he kind of probably thinks it's a, a game and a joke, but he's playing along because mm-hmm. you know it's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also love, you know. Just just the idea that, like, he's sitting at the hatch, uh, at the at the computer in the hatch, and he dozes off with his feet up on the table next to the computer, you know? That's how confident he is mm-hmm. that he's he's got it all figured out, you know? Like, he's literally taking a nap while the most pivotal part of his plan is happening. <laughs> but he doesn't have to worry about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Jack comes in like a bull, um, ready to go with gin and tow, not Anna Lucia. Um, like that mm-hmm. moment is like, well, Anna Lucia, if Anna Lucia is the culprit here, her plan is not necessarily working, is it? Um, Cause she's yeah. not involved. Um, so, but um, yeah, the moment where Jack finds the empty, the empty closet and comes out and just the just the pure glee on this man he just loves pissing off jack um 
yep. so clear. But, uh, <laughs> I, I do, and I do love that Jin is the one who's like, "Wait, no, don't, don't keep your cool here, Jack." <laughs> Jin, Jin is always the real MVP. Like here he is again. Yeah. Like it's not worth it. Don't, yeah, don't go after him. Yeah, stay focused. Let's not let's not mess with whatever Sawyer's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like at the end, once again, there's another shot that I overlooked this. I was just watching it before we came on here. And that the moment mm-hmm. after Jack, Jin stops Jack and Jack walks away, we look at Sawyer and he almost looks, Hallway almost looks disappointed in this moment. He kind of mm-hmm. looks away like he wanted Jack to come and try to beat him up and just try to, you know, come to blows with him. Interesting, yeah. And we've seen that before, you know, and back in season one where Sawyer's like, finally, you're living in the wild. He's like, he really wants Jack to come unglued and show everyone how civilized he is, as he points out with Saeed. Mm-hmm. So that's what Sawyer's game has been a lot throughout the series, and we see it there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he wants to see Jack get worked up, I think. And mm-hmm. it, in in the same way that, uh charlie wants to see Locke made a fool you know like they they both kind of have enemies here at the center of this and yeah you can tell that sawyer wants to wants to push jack's buttons because he's that's the thing that kind of ignited <laughs> this whole plan i i think you know set it in motion him getting getting upset at jack <laughs> absolutely and that brings us to the crazy firelit confrontation oh man full boil jack john Locke just wants to enjoy his campfire he just wants to sit here relax <laughs> he doesn't look very relaxed i will say that but he just wants to he's very he just want, yeah he just wants to get away <laughs> <laughs> jack can't even give him that can you imagine just the inner monologue for Locke before this scene unfolds, just sitting there looking at the fire, just like God, my freaking life. Am I right? You know, just <laughs> how did I get here? Uh, <laughs> or he's thinking, okay, you're going to stand your ground. You're going to stand your ground. He's going to come. He's going to be really burnt out, really mean, but you're going to stand your ground. <laughs> and he does give him credit. This yeah. confrontation here is Jack, you know, coming at him with, we had an agreement and Locke saying, what how can we ever have an agreement when you're like this basically Hmm. you're incorrigible jack you're just you're always you know you you have to fix things and i need you to stop and think about what you're trying to fix because Hmm. when you try to fix when you just go gung-ho try to fix things there could be another accident um and Mm -hmm. the reveal that Locke feels guilty for michael is revealing and it's you know we understand Locke feels the weight he's not completely uncaring and uh Mm -hmm. jack can't quite understand that because he's Mm -hmm. too burnt out yeah yeah i i love that uh lock you know i feel like lock is given a full you know character motivation in this episode for everything he does like i've I feel like that is one example of how all the characters kind of what they do in this episode makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense in light of their character arcs, especially in season two, 
And I feel like that's just really cool. Like Locke is a really good example because he brings up the fact that, you know, like Michael ran off right after I trained him with the guns and I wasn't careful enough. So I need to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, And like Jack and Anna Lucia are motivated by, you know, their whole, you know, encounters with the others, you know, Kate and her, you know, uh, complicated relationship with Jack, like all of these things. And especially Charlie, where he's been going, you know, his kind of descent as a character. Um, I just feel like Locke, I think it's cool that even Locke, who is not necessarily a very central character to this episode, has a like full character reason for everything he does. And it, it leads to this mm-hmm. climactic moment. But I think Sawyer sums it up beautifully when he says, you were so busy worrying about each other, you never saw me coming, did you? He's yep. playing on their connection with each other, which is a central, I love it because it's the central theme of we have to live together or we're going to die alone. Well, they're, we're mm. trying to live together. <laughs> but the problem is in the midst of this, you know, dif- these difficulties living together, the devil is able to sneak in and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> fool them all. Uh, yep. And Sawyer just revels in it. Um, the speech uh, there's a lot in it. I mean, we could go on all day, probably picking out little things here and there, but, um, I think the main thing, the main thing, the main thing I see in it is sort of Sawyer just reasserting his dominance um amidst mm-hmm. the group it's you know he 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 has to be sawyer um mm-hmm. we've talked we you know I, I i kept i thought about confidence man when we're watching this one obviously where he he has fully embodied sawyer it's not just a mask he puts on this is his identity and he has to be who he is and uh you can't mm-hmm. not be that and so this is just him doing what he does and uh he's the new sheriff because he is sawyer so that's how you kind of Mm. sum this thing up right here yeah yeah there is kind of an element of um you know in in light of what i just said you know everyone has a reason for what they're doing in this episode in light of kind of their character arc sawyer has had for the most part up until this point like a uh an ascending character arc you know it seems like he's got character growth you know he he goes on the raft yeah. you know and he you know tries to protect he he does stuff to try and save everyone he has a lot of really good moments to the point where when he's okay you know and and he's uh healed from his gunshot wound and stuff you know characters hurley and michael michael especially you know says like hey i'm i'm glad you're okay Mm -hmm. you know and i think that you know is something that for sawyer made him more and more uncomfortable because that's not the type of guy he is so when jack 
does something that echoes the beginning of the series, you know, going into Sawyer's stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And he's like, all right, I have to reclaim my title as the villain. I'm the sheriff in town. I've got the I've got the one thing that matters. The stuff that I have is what everyone cares most about. It's the guns, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yeah, it's like he's pretty much reasserting his title of a villain. Yeah. And there's another thing as well. The other, the other thing I wanted to point out, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, is when he says, you decided these two boys were going to tell you what to do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm done taking orders. It There's that theme that we saw in the hunting party a couple weeks ago, where, you know, throughout that, we kept seeing, tell me what, I don't like being told what to do. Locks tells Jack, mm-hmm. who are we to tell people what to do? We see, finally, this consequence of that that thing that started there, where you just you've taken this authority, and you're mm-hmm. just using it to to tell people what to do. You didn't think about the fact that maybe not everyone was going to f- always follow your orders. Um, and I think it's mm-hmm. that lesson that uh, it's a little bit of humble pie for Jack and Locke, of course. And uh, yeah, it, it's questioning. Is it really good to lead by sort of dictating what everyone should do all the time? Um, Mm -hmm. You don't agree with the means Sawyer did to use to make the point, but the point is there nonetheless. And it's something that Jack and Locke, Mm -hmm. I think, have to sit with afterwards. So something to consider at the end here as well. Yep. And then there's Kate. Mm. This part where Kate confronts him, and uh, you under—I mean, the the just the utter sense of betrayal. And, yeah. Man, she yeah. You played us. You played me. Um, and Kate's conclusion here, and this is where I see the theme of hate coming in obviously, where she says, I think you want people to hate you. Um, It's not about any of this stuff. You just need to be the villain, like we're saying. And you just, you just want people to hate you because that's the only role. That's your role. That's Mm -hmm. this identity you've taken. Um, And I think Sawyer's response where good thing you don't hate me, Freckles. Is almost his that that's why he was so willing to manipulate her this whole time. It's because he sensed that connection between the two of them where they're both sort of the outlaw. And he's like, You can't quite bring yourself to hate me, can you? Once more, just mm-hmm. another devious, like so it's just like, ah, you just wanna hit the guy. Yeah. But he Kate cannot hate him, even though she kind of does in that moment. Yep. Yeah, it's it's an interesting scene because it's like this is I I often kind of forget with this episode that the the final scene is not his whole reveal in the camp. You know, I feel like that climactic scene of him 
coming out and being like, there's a new sheriff in town and stuff. Like, I always feel like that ends the episode, mm-hmm. but there's still like 20 minutes left in the, you know, or 15 minutes left in the episode, yeah. you know, before it's done. But this is, this is the conversation that is almost like the true, like climax of the episode because he, he really manipulated Kate, you know, into thinking like, Hey, we're solving this mystery together you know when all along he was just leading her so that he could you know steal the guns Mm -hmm. um and uh something that stood out to me in the scene was just the um you know what a a couple lines but like the what kind of person do you think i am he says when she accuses him of like did you have something to do with son and it's like um (laughs) well yeah you know for him to say what kind of person do you think i am shows just how that's like a really dark line when he is is behind it you know for him to say you know oh my gosh you really think i'm that terrible of a person and he can still continue acting when he is the one who (laughs) did plan that Mm -hmm. like that's super dark but then on top of it, by the end, he says, you know, um, and I feel like this sums up the whole situation between the two of them. You know, you run icon tigers don't change his stripes mm-hmm. or tiger don't change his stripes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there are so many good lines or so many good moments for Sawyer in the episode, especially like Josh Holloway, like playing the character does a great job. That's like my favorite part of the episode for him as an actor in this viewing, because he says it in a way where he's got like that thousand yard stare. And it feels like that phrase has been like echoing in his head Mm -hmm. since that day in the diner, you know, like this is who I am and I can't change. And I have to just accept that. And it doesn't feel like, he's like i'm a villain so i'm gonna latch onto that it feels like a guy who's like there's no point i just have to continue you know Mm -hmm. and it's like the hopeless kind of turn for him in there um but yeah it's just a it's a really dark scene but also just a really interesting one for that absolutely yeah Yeah, i i I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like when Kate says, I think you want people to hate you. He also has a moment where he's just kind of looking, you you see sort of the empty vapid stare that really mm-hmm. kind of captures that as well. He's just, yeah. Um, I was going to say something else, but yeah. It, um, Yeah, I feel like he he has taken those words of from Gordy to heart. And also, I was going to say the other thing when you were mentioning with him and uh, the fact with what kind of person do you think I am? The sun line. Hmm. I think of that almost like he's pawning it off. He, he's like, I wash my hands of this because Charlie did it. So he can justify that stuff himself ah. in that sense. Similar to how Ugh. I feel like in the flashback, which we'll talk about in a minute he pawns off when he goes into Cassidy at the end there. He's like, Gordy, Gordy's the one in the car there. He's the one sort of like he can justify himself oh, because Gordy's yeah. the evil one. 
Um, I'm not to- I'm not like a the worst, the lowest up low necessarily. So there is one level below Sawyer. <laughs> but anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because you know, if you take that as a as a metaphor, like you know, he says like Gordy's the one. He's you know that that guy out out in the car is gonna you know kill us if we don't if I don't bring out that money, and then eventually he's the only one in the car. Yes. You know, and so it's like ultimately he is the one to blame, but he's going to tell the woman he loves that it's not actually true you know that he's gonna blame someone else because it he can't fully reveal to her just how far gone he is i guess you know but similar with cassidy and with kate so yep well this got dark i think we need (laughs) so sad i'm so sad i need to i need to take a break i need to just (laughs) we need to take a step back before we talk more, because we yeah. still have to talk about Cassidy and this flashback. Yeah. But why don't we do that after we take this quick break on See You in the Life, brothers. We'll be right back. Welcome back to See You in Another Life, brothers. <sighs> this is dark, and it just gets darker. Wow. Like... Literally. The, the last scene of this episode is very dark, very dimly lit. Super dark. I mean, so I think the first time you watch this, it's it's um, I I feel like there's a lot of viewers that were probably thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be such a reveal," because Sawyer goes <laughs> walking out into the jungle, and then there's a dimly lit figure coming out, and they're like. It's gonna, it's gonna be the beard. It's gonna be Tom. It's gonna be, it's gonna be the others. Sawyer's, oh yeah, he's been a double agent this whole time. But it's, just, it's Charlie. Um, <laughs> it's just Charlie. <laughs> I can see people being kind of disappointed when they just realize, oh, it's just Charlie, because that that could have been where the, the series just goes off into a whole other direction and just blows people's minds. If mm-hmm. Sawyer was a double agent for the others or something, that's why. Oh, my he, gosh. That'd be crazy, but nope. But yeah, the reveal that it's Charlie and the reveal of his motivation, the fact that it's just out of pure hatred for John Locke is so dork. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. I I love the the moment where Sawyer is like, I thought you'd want your friend back, you know, and offers him the, the statue. And he's like, I, I didn't do it for that. You know, I just, I just wanted him to, <laughs> wanted him to look like a fool. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, especially when we were considering, you know, like the, the risk of doing what he did. Um, and if Sun found out or if anyone saw what he was doing, um, and he did it just to make John look like a fool, like, gosh, that is, <laughs> that is really low. <laughs> And you also consider the fact that he yeah, he did not take those Virgin Mary statues, which and he said at the end of Fire Plus Water, I didn't use. Mm-hmm. Charlie didn't use. I think this this kind of definitively proves it. Um, and the fact that you know he inst- he didn't do this to get those back. He did it to get back at Locke, 
kind of shows how, you know, the, um, from way, from way back in the moth, how that relationship started with, um, you know, Locke trying to help Charlie with his drug problem. And he get, went about it sort of in the wrong way, as we saw in that episode, because, mm-hmm. you know, he was doing it, kind of holding it over his head. Jack was do, Jack was being with him and helping him through it. And that, you know, from there, now we see it fully disintegrate where Locke, you know, he did, he, he just completely flat out didn't trust Charlie. Um, you understand why, but at the same time, Charlie feels abandoned by John Locke and just completely dismissed by him. And uh, that's how this is disintegrated completely. So we see it finally come apart at the seams. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting how much of Charlie's character arc does have to do with his relation to Locke, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and Jack, but like especially Locke from the moth onward, you know. Um especially in season two, I guess, but yeah. Yep. So we got that. And then um, Charlie's question, which we're all kind of wondering, how does somebody think of that? How how could somebody do all this? Yeah. Cock this whole evil scheme. Um, I love that question because Charlie, you know, he, he, he went through with all this. But he's still got one foot outside of it. Um, he understands what he did to Sun was despicable. And yeah. I think that that weighs on his conscience more than it weighs on Sawyer's conscience. And he's like, how can it not weigh on your conscience? Mm. And that's kind of the, the question behind this question. And uh, yeah, I like how it, I think we need to talk about the flashback. and It does move to that mm-hmm. topic, like, because we see the source of that here, but. Yeah. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, and I just love, yeah, I love how we, in the episode, it cuts to the flashback and comes back and we've just, we, I, I just love the conclusion of the episode that it ends with Sawyer just saying to Charlie in the dark woods, you know, uh, the line, you know, I'm not a good person, never did a good thing in my whole life, you know, just and then the episode ends. Yeah. And I feel like like you were saying a lot of people I feel like you come to the ending of a lost episode and you often anticipate either kind of like a mm-hmm. crazy cliffhanger mm-hmm. or or like a sweet resolution or so, or you know something kind of definitive and cinematic and all this stuff. And this feels like a really just dark like it's so dark and just quiet and he just says the line and then the episode ends and there's just something especially um like depressing about that line when there's no music or anything that leads up to it it's just him saying never done anything good in my whole life and then the episode ends Mm -hmm. it's just like wow that is like a really powerful thing in how like understated it is (laughs) but Mm -hmm. yeah it's haunting yeah it's unique um there's there's a few episodes like this i think of um Mm -hmm. born to run back in season one that kind of ends like i always thought i'd find a man yeah me too and then it just ends so there's a few that are like this This it's rare they're they're rare they're far between 
but I feel like it's this is one of the most effective endings of an episode of Lost. Um, yeah. And uh, it's effective because I feel like most we see it throughout the island narrative, but in the flashback, we we see Sawyer struggling with, you know, maybe I could maybe, you know, I could be a good person, perhaps. Mm. I feel like that's what this whole thing with Cassidy is going on with within him. So I want to take a look at this, this relationship between him and Cassidy. And I want to focus in on this first scene, the line, I think it might be the line of the whole episode um, that really sums up what this episode is all about. When mm-hmm. Kat, when Sawyer says, what do you want right now? And Cassidy says, just you. And it's that, and that's such a romantic, just, that's such a, that's a moment, you know, that's like, that's love because she, she does, she, she just wants him. It's not, she wants anything about him. She just wants to be with him. Mm. And from that, you know, from her perspective and from our perspective, as we start the episode, we're like, well, these people seem to have a, you know, this is a, this is a, maybe there's a glimmer of good hope for Sawyer here because she really loves him. But when you look at it from Sawyer's perspective, that's when he's like, oh, okay, check that off the list. That's what this has been all about. She just wants me. All right, time to long con her. Because that's that's what he needs to hear. Because that's that's the key to this whole charade he's putting on where he's like, she wants to be with me so much that when she finds out, when I do this, this horrible attempt at trying to con her here and make it very clear that that's what I'm doing, because uh-huh. he, he understands that she's she's too smart to fall for the old suitcase breaking routine. That she's gonna want to, she's gonna want to be with me even if I'm a con man, and maybe, you know, we can start doing that together. So, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love, I think it's so clever how. Yeah, I mean, it, it it is, that is a really good point. Like, that is the point where he's like, all right, check that one off the list, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I love how, just from, like, the storytelling aspect of this scene, how we as the audience see Sawyer open up that briefcase and we're like, oh, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen him do exactly this con. But then as the viewer we're also like once she figures out what he's doing we're like oh no like Mm -hmm. she's like this is the time that sawyer was outsmarted (laughs) and i just think that's such a fun twist that we are fooled too into thinking like oh man this is the person who saw through sawyer and then decided to like become his accomplice or something but all along it's part of the long con (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's the start of this romance and we can we can when we see it from our perspective here not knowing that sawyer knows we can think oh we can see how he would fall for her because Mm -hmm. she's she's smart enough to not get conned here 
And I think he finds that sort of endearing and that's why he's willing to, you know, bring her along with him. We could see it that way. Obviously he's doing it because he's conning her. Mm -hmm. But I think there's still an element of truth to that where he's like, man, I kind of, you know, I, I, he, he admires her in a weird way. Mm. And you can see her, him sort of falling for her, especially in the next scene with the, when they do the whole jewelry thing, when she's walking yeah. away and he's like, he's falling for her. Mm-hmm. It's clear. Even though he's still got one foot outside of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about this scene, the first scene um, is when she, Cassidy mentions well, and they mentioned the, the big thing, of course, is the divorce um, and the money from the divorce. Uh, the the detail that she got divorced is just another heartbreaking uh, part of yeah. this because Sawyer, you know, he factored that into the decision to make her the target of this long con because right. she's in a state where she got divorced and she's emotionally, you know, tore up from that obviously and she's looking for someone to take the place of her husband Mm -hmm. that she lost and now he's this romance is sort of getting her emotions emotions up into a tizzy and he's using that love as a weapon against her yeah that's a really good point though like he throughout this whole episode sawyer is just seeing what are the emotions especially you know and especially uh loving emotions that he can exploit to his advantage Mm -hmm. um because those are the things that you know people will strongly feel enough to uh miss the details uh like Mm -hmm. he you know exploits even in the con at the gas station the guys you know he he hopes you know that these guys have someone in their life that they will think like oh man if i could get this really expensive jewelry jewelry for really dirt cheap you know <laughs> that uh-huh. that's perfect and so they only look at the price tag and don't look at how obviously fake everything else is <laughs> but mm-hmm. because they care about they have someone to give it to exactly and, yeah yep. yep yeah and so it's built on this he's, he's taking advantage of her one thing i did want to point out that you know it, he builds it on a lie this relationship Mm-hmm. she also does too because she lies about the money um, yeah that's true <laughs> so it's just a little thing there you're like so cassidy is not this angel either um mm-hmm. but uh, that's another thing i noticed i'm like oh yeah okay so it's obviously when you're trying to build a relationship on lies not gonna go too well um yep. and then cassidy asks sawyer i want you to show me what you do what you really do show me how to con people pointing what you really do i want you to show me your true identity your true identity is a con man yeah um once again getting to the core of sawyer she's like you're a con man let's do this Mm -hmm. and so then we have the gas station scene i don't know if you have any more i think we've mentioned quite a bit with this i think the only thing i want to say is um i (laughs) in the same way that i feel like the whole hood thing on the island is preposterous 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love when Sawyer is like, like, don't worry. All these guys are going to remember is a guy that looks like he's in a bar fight and he puts on one band. Band-aid. <laughs> I'm Josh Holloway. Super handsome dude. I got, yeah, got full on makeup on for this show, but I got a band-aid. I look horrible. I look like crap. Just imagine the police lineup with like five guys and <laughs> but then the guy like who's like, I don't know, officer, all I remember is he had a band-aid on his nose. <laughs> I don't remember that he was a good looking Hollywood actor. None of these guys have band-aids on their noses. <laughs> oh yeah. That is a little bit of a stretch, but hey, <laughs> they don't notice the details. They're too yeah. consumed. Um, the other thing I just wanted to point out about, and we, you've mentioned the line about opportunity. The good news, he says, the good news is everyone's scared of missing an opportunity. Mm. I just, the connection I made with this is, is actually in, I believe, okay, was this, this was the episode before Fire Plus Water. Yes, yeah, it was Hunting Party when, Sawyer and uh, Hurley and Charlie are sitting there having a conversation about um, girl, you know, they're talking girls mm-hmm. and uh, Hurley, the lovable man he is, he says, you know, I think I have a chance with Libby. Uh-huh. And you contrast that with Charlie saying, you think Claire's missed me yet? Like he's trying to force his way back into this situation. And the way I see this here, opportunity Sawyer is, is messing with people based on the most innocent of things, just mm-hmm. wanting an opportunity, not trying to force it, but just chance, but just mm-hmm. hope, hope. He's playing with hope. Um, yeah. And that's, it's just insidious. It's like, you see that, you know, the innocence of Hurley contrasted with this is what Sawyer's doing here. Um, so that's where I saw that too. Yep. Um. So yeah, and then we move on to Sora and Cassidy um, talking about what they're going to do next. Um, and here we get the the very succinct, brilliant definition of a long con from Sawyer, where it works by getting someone to ask you to do something like it's their idea, but it's not their idea, it's your idea. Or like, that's what this whole episode's all about. Yeah. <laughs> And what I love about it is right after that, he gets Cassidy to give up her money for the long con, thinking it's her idea, but it's his. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, there's that. There it is in action. Yeah, it it does kind of make your head spin when you think about the fact that his long con for her is to get her to want to do a long do con. A long... <laughs> because so then meta. she'll she'll be willing to use the money that she didn't want to admit she had. It's mm-hmm. genius. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he does it so, so, you know, cleverly by saying, ah, just, let's just, you know, just retire. Let's just go get some mojitos. And she's like, no. And once again, we get it here where Sawyer, I'm happy for the first time. And it's not because of the money. It's because I'm doing this with you. Once again, affirming the idea that she just wants him. Right. And that's that, that, that all along. That's his key to making this all work. Continuing to just, she wants him. She doesn't care. And uh, that's why it works. Mm-hmm. 
And so then we get a guy who's even more slimy than Sawyer, Gordy, who doesn't like celery and is uh, was it a salad he ordered? Uh, yeah, like a uh, yeah salad with white meat chicken or whatever. A very specific salad to mm-hmm. which uh, Kate's mom is like, "That's how we serve it here." <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> I will say the guy who plays Gordy in this one scene does a really good job of like, this is who Gordy is. He's so slimy. He's just such a, you know, he's, oh, he's this seemingly this nice guy, but you can tell he's just like a monster underneath. And it comes Mm -hmm. out, of course, then as the scene goes along, but very well done by him. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, and he gives the line, a tiger don't change his stripes, James. You're a con man just like me. It's not what you do, it's who you are. Sort of pulling off the this because Sawyer is contemplating like, could I be, you know, something better than I am? Mm-hmm. And I think I could with her, but Gordy is bringing him back down to earth and saying, when she finds out who you are, who you really are, she's gonna hate your guts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why bring it back around to Kate's line. You want people to hate you. Yeah. That's the only way Sawyer can feel comfortable in a weird way. It's like when people hate him, that's the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and that, you know, we've seen that and we saw that in confidence man where he Saeed had to torture him. It's just, this is it. This is how it has to happen um, Mm -hmm. again and again. So that's who he is. Yeah, it's who he is, and I I feel like it's, like, I feel like Gordy in this scene represents, like, the voice in Sawyer's head, almost, you know, that has always been there, the idea of, like, you, can, you can't change who you are, you know, and if anyone else knew how bad you really are, you know, like, then they wouldn't want to stay with you or anything. And, uh, and it's also true that like throughout the episode, like I was saying at the beginning, you know, it feels like Sawyer, his default nature is to look for ways to get what he wants and to exploit others. And that's just how he works. Mm -hmm. So there, there is like a, a, um, kind of reinforcing like cycle with Sawyer of, this is his nature, but it is also the thing he chooses for himself to perpetuate by, by continuing to return to conning people. Um, Cause it's not like he can't uh, turn it off, you know, and choose not to just like do these terrible things, but that's what he tells himself. Like I am a tiger. I can't change who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and so then it just becomes a self-perpetuating thing. Um, but yeah, I just, I saw like Gordy in the scene as like saying the things that we know to be true already of Sawyer. Like, this is who you are. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to just have to do this. <laughs> There's no room for redemption, Sawyer. You yeah. can't, you can't change it. Um, and Sawyer clearly takes it to heart because we get the heartbreaking next scene. Mm-hmm. Um, final climactic scene um, where 
Sawyer pulls off what is quite possibly the greatest acting performance <laughs> his career cuz i mean he's he he well the he's using the truth mm-hmm. to convince Cassidy to you know do all this where he's like oh there's a guy named Gordy and you know he's going to kill us if we don't give him his money this is true so he's 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 using that as his emotional fuel here but he's the, the lie of course is that he's you know i told him i wouldn't give you give him your money um so it's it, it's just that's how impressive a con man is where he can use this emotional fuel that he's probably really feeling this is what he'd really like to do if he were if he could bring himself to pursue redemption yeah um for nefarious purposes uh so yeah. it's it's a it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah well and speaking of good acting you know you're just mentioning the guy who plays gordy the actress who plays cassidy in this scene i mean she's great in the whole episode but yeah. i love her performance in this scene when everything comes crashing down mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's just like like there's this one shot of her as Sawyer is like packing the bag and stuff and, you know, gathering stuff. There's this one shot where she's wiping away a tear from her eye, mm-hmm. but then she's like also trying to save face and like not break down. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like this phenomenal moment of like, like, Oh, she really looks like she has just not only learned that the man she loves is a slime ball, <laughs> Mm-hmm. But also that she's horrified and scared, but also trying to figure out what she's supposed to do next. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just everything like both uh, Josh Holloway and uh, the actress who plays Cassidy. I, I don't know her name, but um, mm-hmm. the way they play off of each other in that scene is is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she's so emotional. It's heartbreaking. You see, you know, because mm-hmm. she she has built so much up into Sawyer. Yeah, he is her um yeah she's the he's the one she wants um and she's so emotional that i don't you know what if i go back and watch the when i go back of course i'm gonna go back and watch this again many more times of course but at the beginning of the scene when he comes through the door i feel like he pulls he pulls out a duffel bag doesn't he does he or not he pulls out yeah a couple i i feel like she's so emotional that she doesn't notice right in front of her that he has two duffel bags. Oh, uh, like. yeah. Because it's such a, you know, it's like he, and if she thought this through a little bit more when he says there's no time mm-hmm. and, you know, you just got to go. If she weren't so emotional, weren't so just distraught, I feel like she could kind of pinpoint like, oh, it's clear that he, this bag is not full of money. She doesn't even check the bag. That's one thing. And you think about all this stuff, how this, this shouldn't work, but it does because she's so emotional and that's sort of the crux of it. Mm -hmm. Uh Well, and also he's so emotional, you know, he's, he's he's panicked and she's probably never seen him not totally calm. And so when he bursts through the door and he's like, there's no time we have to go, you know, we're in danger and stuff. It's like, 
yeah, that's that's going to be <laughs> that's going to freak you out, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the line that um, when he says, remember when you said I was all you ever wanted? Referring to you just want me again and again. Well, now you know better. I love you. Um, well, well, now you know better. Yeah. Is just it, it, he he doesn't because the core it could sorry I'll try to collect my thoughts here but the core of Lost is you know people try people finding imperfect people finding connections together mm-hmm. um, and Sawyer right here in that just that simple sentence well now you know better is revealing that he just completely refutes that and, re- and rejects that full scale mm. that two two broken people can find redemption in each other. Um, he's saying, that's a foolish thing to want, Cassidy. Um, and so, because I, 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 am, I am a bad person, basically. Yeah. Now you know better. Um, but then he says, I love you, which is once... <laughs> Which is I, sort of like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like in all that he's doing in this in this scene, um, this is a moment where he is actually completely truthful. Yeah. Like, he says, you know, like, remember when you said I was all you ever wanted? Now you know better. I love you. Mm. I feel like that whole thing is true. Like yeah. he is saying, you know, amidst all the facade that he's putting up, you know, continuing to con her because that's who he is. Then there's a moment where he says, like, I'm not worth it, but I do love you, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, like I've I'm not a good person, but I do love you, you know, now get out of here <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I feel like that's like the one moment where he is actually saying something that is accurate for himself while he is spinning these lies and, and you know, continuing to to keep that con going. Mm-hmm. He's sort of saying, I love you. I'm protecting you from me. Basically, now go. Yeah. And and it's almost like like it still works for the con. You know, it's what he mm-hmm. has to say to get her to go but he's also being true. <laughs> yeah. It's complicated. This whole episode is complicated. <laughs> but once again, like we said, the, the like the last scene on the island is so chilling. The last scene of this oh. flashback, it, it is sort of, it's almost like a horror, a shot in a horror movie to me. Whenever I've watched this scene when he sits down in that car. Yeah. And then it pans, like that slow pan to reveal that there's no one in the driver's seat. It's almost like a jump scare in a way. Uh-huh. It's like because we're thinking, okay, oh Sawyer did the right thing. Um, but he didn't. But he yeah. is the man in the car, like you're saying. And that's sort of the horrific realization that um, of the devil inside where it's like he is Sawyer through and through. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love what you said that it almost feels like a jump scare or anything cuz like one thing I noticed in this watch was the there's music playing as he goes and gets into the car and he sits down and then as soon as we see that no one else is in the car the music like fades out and it's completely silent and we just hear the silence in the car and he's mm-hmm. in there by himself and then he starts to count and it's just like just yeah it's it gives you chills a little bit because he's there's no there's no one else there he's just alone with who he is and he mm-hmm. has to face who he is like he, he, there's nowhere else to turn there's no one else he can blame this is because of him <laughs> you know and and what he has chosen to do and then he goes in and he looks at that picture of the two of them, you know, yeah. after he's taken the duffel. I like the picture. The picture is of, you know, the two of them smiling and the look on his face. I think you know, when you look at, he looks so sly, he's got the sly grin on his face and it's almost like mm. him looking at himself going, I'm a monster and then putting it down and walking away. Yep. Yeah. How do you live with yourself, Sawyer? It's tough. But he yep. somehow manages and still manages to come up with a lot of fun nicknames. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's the long con. Boy, is that a downer. I need to pick me up. Hey, what's Hurley up to? Hey! <laughs> hey! The other little tiny, teeny, itsy bitsy aspect of this episode. The only, the B story, basically, right here. Hurley and Saeed. And what I like about this is I'm always looking to try to connect the A story to the B story. And Mm. the way I see this connecting is that Hurley is showing how you can use skills of sort of, and it's a a friendly manipulation where Sawyer is Mm. is a devious, he's using people's, he's using what people want against them to get his own way. Mm-hmm. Hurley is using what Saeed wants or Saeed's passion, Saeed's, you know, gifts to lift him up mm-hmm. as opposed to lifting him, you know, and it does lift Hurley up too at the end, but it, that's what's so, you know, it's like, this is the contrast. This is Hurley is the good con man, basically in a way mm-hmm. he's sort of conning Saeed subtly by leaving the by leaving the the the, um walkie talkie there you know the radio i do love that comparison because i feel like we see hurley do that throughout the series where he kind of does he does like really positive cons to people you know Mm -hmm. where it's like he kind of just sets people up for something good (laughs) that they eventually choose for themselves or or anything like that and Yeah, I just love the the fact that Saeed is off on his own and Hurley comes to him and says, you know, like, hey, I just figured maybe you could switch a red wire with a blue wire, you know, get it get mm-hmm. it working, you know, and um and on top of that though, like I just love that scene. It's it's really sweet. But then it's really cool how at the end Saeed 
doesn't have to bring it back to Hurley. Like, Hurley doesn't say, like, hey, I thought we could do this together, really. You know, he's like, hey, I just mm-hmm. thought you might be interested in this. And it shows that it really worked. Like, Hurley's kind of con worked in the most positive way, and that Saeed does it, he brings it to Hurley to see mm-hmm. if it'll work. Yeah. Um, He doesn't just go off on his own and do it he brings it to someone else and they see if they get can figure out anything together. And I think that's just a really, really, really cool storyline. Mm-hmm. It's a breath of fresh air. And it's like, sort of like Saeed is finally, you know, after all this, he's been through here, mm-hmm. something good. It's really yeah. nice. And you'd really love it to stay sort of cheery for him. Yeah. But about that. <laughs> It can never stay totally good as we go through this dark season and this next episode, Saeed episode, but it's oh. very much another character's episode. And um, we, oh man, we finally reached a certain someone uh, who's going to be in a certain awkward situation and uh, it's going to be great. So that's all I'll say. Oh. Yeah. I, I was trying to remember what's next. Oh my gosh. Let's wow. say uh, we're going to have a new character to talk about. I'll just leave it at that and uh, it's going to be great. So one of them coming up. Oh next week. man. I'm excited. <laughs> but for now, I think we can close the book on the long con. I don't know if it, you know, it's one of those where it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I think it will be in my top five, probably at the end of mm. this season. Because it's just such a well-made episode. It's mm-hmm. not my number one, I don't think. Because it didn't. Mm-hmm. this one doesn't get me emotionally. I didn't really yeah. feel myself at all throughout. It, it, you know, it leaves you kind of hollow. But I think yeah. it's very effective in how it does that. It's sort of like a low point of the season. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll be in the top five, though, probably. Yeah. It, like you said near the beginning of this, you know, it's it's kind of doing a different genre than other episodes are and i think it really accomplishes that in in like a lot of different levels you know um so yeah it's a it's a really successful episode as far as like telling an interesting story and doing interesting things with the characters but yeah it's not it doesn't have like that something that other episodes of lost do that are it's like inspiring or you know really mm-hmm. moves you with the characters the closest thing we we get is feeling real despair for <laughs> some of these characters but um mm-hmm. but yeah it's a it's a really great episode though yep so so it's a good time talking lost bro thank you so much for doing it and thanks yeah. everyone for listening yeah thank you yeah and i i guess all that's left to say as always is we shall see you in another episode brothers Goodbye.